Welcome to Cinema 7. I am your host. I am Chris Hawk on an episode of Pitch It or Fix It. To my virtual left is uh, John Kenoki. Hello. To my right, Marv Carr. Hey, what's up? Now, Chris Hawk, you had to think about who was virtually to your left because you were like, to my virtual left? John I think Kenoki. I'm usually to your virtual right. Is he? Are you? Today we're pitching... Uh, we're pitching... Animated crossover movies. That's oh, yeah. what we're pitching today. What's my it's... canon side? What's canon? What? Am I right or left? <laughs> John is still confused. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like Schrodinger's cat. You're until I notice what side you're on. You you're on both sides. Well, we're like Scar and Mufasa. You don't know if we're brothers. That's not canon. You're not. Your left or your right is not canon. This this is irrelevant. You guys are making a big deal out of nothing. Lost. <laughs> we lost John. So we have some news, actually. Mario, do you want to start us off with some news? The news, news, news. Um. Yes. I mean, this is kind of old news, but um, we won't talk about much of the details because uh, we don't want to bring up spoilers for people who you know want to save their this knowledge for when they go into and see the Star Wars movie, but, you know, Entertainment Weekly, uh, I believe last week, they released some photos and some information on The Last Jedi, and I personally thought they revealed too much, but, you know, I'm the only one out of the group that actually saw it, so... I looked at all of them, too. Oh, you did? Did you read Entertainment Weekly? So, Entertainment Weekly revealed, a you know, a bunch of photos and stuff, and uh, apparently, um... Now there's a lot of leaks going on, like from toys. So, like the I guess the promotional stuff for toys, uh, it's actually getting leaked on the online before you know it gets sent out. And they're they're showing like stuff for Snoke. Uh, they're showing stuff for Kylo Ren and and BB-8 and uh, all the stuff. Uh, just I, I feel like that's that's come a or become a condom con- condom a, a common <laughs> uh, thing now is like once they get. The promotional stuff for all these toys are leaking and kind of revealing stuff for these movies. How do you guys feel about that? Well, they need a new condom and it wouldn't leak. <laughs> it's just, That's it's, true. It's simple. It's That's simple. true. I, just, I don't think it's the movie's problem. Uh, I think it's more of a distributor issue. I mean, a movie can only do so much and the studio can only do so much if these people that are making these toys let it get leaked. It's their fault. Mm-hmm. But you can't really do anything about it because there's so many people involved in the chain. It's always going to get leaked. It's like movie set photos. Like There's so many people involved that you know, are just delivering food sometimes that will leak photos. Like You can only do so much. And with the internet, you know, being able to broadcast to everyone, people are always going to do it. How do you... Um... Now, John, you haven't seen much of the Entertainment Weekly stuff. I presume, but Hawk, you said you just looked it all up, but did you guys think they showed too much or do you think they showed enough to make you ex- even more excited to, for The Last Jedi? It was just it was just character photos, wasn't it? Well, did you see the stuff they talked about? No, I don't I don't read stuff. Okay, I just so look at stuff. We're not going to talk about it, but 
if you want to look it up, go check out the Entertainment Weekly stuff. I'm sure it's still online somewhere. I'm sure people are still sharing stuff. That's all I'm going to say about that. I, I personally thought they showed too much. I don't know. Um, well, speaking of showing too much, um, Ron Howard has been taking a lot of uh, set photos. Oh, hold on. Are we not going to talk about Force Nuns? Shh, no. Oh, my goodness. Why not? We could talk. I, how do you feel about Force Nuns? There it is. It's out of the bag. <laughs> Why not? They're awesome. You think it's awesome? I mean, they, they kind of look funny, but I mean... If this is the Star Wars universe, and I'm, I mean, it's so vast, it's kind of great that we're seeing things other than humans. Again. I thought about what they actually reminded me of, because at first, you know, all I saw was the turtle guy from uh, Secret <laughs> of the Ooze, Ninja Turtles. Okay. But then I realized they look exactly like Final Fantasy Tonberries. <gasps> they wear robes. They're green lizard men. That's what they, they look exactly like it. And I was like, I can't believe I didn't see it. Star Wars is in the Final Fantasy universe. But, I mean, I didn't, I didn't read anything. I, I only saw the one picture you sent me. I mean, it's the same thing as with a video game. I'll, I can know the plot to a video game. I'm still going to play it, and I'll still enjoy it. I don't know that too much could be leaked, because they can never leak, unless they leak the entire movie. But then I just watched the movie, so there's no difference there. That's just my personal opinion. To me, they, they revealed a lot to where people are now spec making all kinds of speculations. You know, I, I guess obviously with your argument, you could say that that's fine. Let them make speculations. But I feel like with that, people are going to, you know, be more down on the movie in a way. Like, you know, what I mean, get their expectations too high in a sense from, you know, thinking too hard about what could it be. Because Mark Hamill has said, you know, expect... You know, he told us to expect things to be different and to, you know, Luke is going to be in a different place than a lot of people would suspect. So I think they're trying to prepare us for something, but also, you know, with, with these leaks and stuff and people speculating, I feel like a lot of people are going to get their hopes up. What we really don't know, what we really know is uh, Luke is now a time traveler. Don't say that. It, it, Ray, it's about your parents, Ray. <laughs> He's uh, actually started a resort on that island and runs a casino hotel combination exclusively for alien priests. <laughs> now, did you see the name of the city where the, uh, I believe it's the, one of them, it's either the city that the casino's in is called Kento Bight, I think, and then the, the planet's called, I forget the name of the planet, but it, that, that is either the name of the planet or the casino, that the city that the casino's in. That's in Last Jedi. There's a casino in Last Jedi? I was kidding. Oh, no. For real, there is, though. Oh, Amazing. my God. I, I should have made the plot of this movie. <laughs> um, they, they, people are speculating all kinds of stuff, like Finn and Rose are supposed to maybe go there. and They're going to get married in the casino, you know, like a drive-by wedding. Oh, you know, my It's going to be good. I love it. It's going to be an amazing. impersonator. Yep, I love it. It's going to be a Darth Vader impersonator, because he's basically the most notorious person in the galaxy, so... I mean, you're gonna, you gotta see it. It's, except it's gonna be Joey Hill doing the voice oh for Darth God. Vader as, as Darth Stewart. <laughs> we need a counter of how many times Chris Hawk's gonna make me say, oh my God, this episode. Um, do you just wanna skip Han Solo news then? Because I know you love it. I, I mean, the only thing I was gonna mention, I was gonna bring it up with this, is that he's showing a lot of set photos, but, you know, he's not revealing, I mean, you, they're not revealing anything plot wise or anything. You gotta rehype 
got to rehype the movie back up after that catastrophic director, uh, you know, reversal. That's true. Um, the only other news I I thought was uh, noteworthy was uh, John Cena and Kevin Hart are being um, eyed for a Knight Rider uh, movie reboot, and they're apparently it might be uh, a comedy. So Kevin Hart's the car. Kevin Hart's the car. Are you sure? Are you sure about Guarantee that? Guarantee it. Are you sure about that? Guarantee it. Because Kevin Hart can do action. John Cena. You know what? Kevin Hart has a more recognizable voice. You're probably right. Like people are gonna be like, "Who's the voice of the car?" <laughs> Maybe John Cena will be the voice of the car. Unless, okay, hear me out here. Um, I'm gonna pitch the beginning of the movie. So Kevin Hart gets in his car, turns it on, and on the radio is John Cena's theme music. Oh my goodness. Then it leads into John Cena talking to him. You instantly know who he is, and uh, you've got a John C- an unexpected Cena meme. <laughs> so I have one bit of last news for us. So the uh, director for the Godzilla vs. King Kong movie says there's going to be a definite winner. Who's really? going to win? Who's going to win? Um, well, if you watch the original, technically King Kong kind of wins, even though no one really wins, because uh, you... You can assume that Godzilla swam swam away when they fell into the ocean, and King Kong came ashore and just you know beat his chest and walked away. But there's only you'd it'd have to be King Kong because you'd have to make Godzilla the villain, uh, unless they I don't know I I feel like they shouldn't they should make them both kind of like come together and fight another monster, but that's just me at being a fan of both. Whoever wins, we lose. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Alien versus Predator. I think Godzilla's going to win, and I hope he does. I hope he does too, but I, I have I hope... a feeling King Kong's going to win. It's, it, I mean, that's what the way the original kind of went. Oh, there is one thing well, I, I wanted to bring up. Um, did you see the, did you guys see the footage, or the footage, the image of uh, Punisher in his costume? Yeah, I don't like it. You don't like it? John, did you see it? I did see it. Um... I don't really look like he's wearing really a bra. It's like he's wearing a bra. But it doesn't look bad to me. I mean, what are you what are you supposed to do to diversify him, you know? You can only do yeah. so much. I'm excited for the show. I'm just not excited for his costume. I'm done with the news if you guys are done with news. Yeah, so let's get this pitch it underway. This is Pitch It or Fix It. So we're pitching an animated crossover movies. That was the criteria for this Pitch It or Fix It, was we were picking an animated movie. Yes. Um, I believe there were some rules, if John wanted to go over yep. rules for this picture. So the criteria were that it had to be based on a movie. Um, you couldn't pick, like, a TV show and combine it with the movie. It had to be two movies you're crossing over together of the animated variety. Uh, you had to take into account their uh, continuity, um, just that if they're going to get powers or have some sort of different abilities in whatever universe they're going to, you have to find a way for them to lose it and or uh, not have it anymore when they go back to their universe, which they ultimately do, unless you're combining universes, then that's who, who cares, you know? But ultimately, Chris Hawk will uh, break these rules, and of I look course. forward to it. <laughs> Uh, this is gonna be great. So I have four. I have four pitches. The first two are very fast. The, the last two will be like less four. than five minutes. <laughs> and, 
So my first pitch is a Monsters versus Aliens, Monsters, Inc. crossover in which you have like the monsters from, uh, do you guys remember Monster, Monsters versus Aliens with Ginormica, Bob, Reese Witherspoon, yes. Seth Rogen? Yeah, the DreamWorks movie. Yeah, I, I thought it was a really good movie. So, and then you have Monsters, Inc., which is, of course, a classic. So in this movie, you have, like, the humans. It's like the invasion of the body snatchers. All the humans are turning into aliens. So everyone is an alien. And so Monsters, Inc. teams up with the monsters. So in the Monsters, non-Inc. universe, you have Dynormica, who's leading. She's like the head overseer now, because she really can't do anything because she's so big. She destroys stuff. But then you have, like, the new monsters and they joined forces they beat the aliens it was awesome monsters inc versus aliens that's what i was going to call it so my second movie wait wait wait, 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 wait. monsters inc is about to fight these people yeah they got to fight the people now instead of making them laugh it's great okay <laughs> they got to go back to scaring aliens basically it's like you know how at the end it's all about laughter no it's all about scaring them to death again it doesn't make any sense i just thought about it I respect that. So my second pitch is actually a lot more clearer than my first pitch, and it's a um, it's a Kung Fu Panda Mulan crossover, and in, in which it's the animated style of Mulan, and I think it could work because they're basically in the same time period. They're basically the same types of villains. I think the villain of the first Kung Fu Panda was a kind of a Hun type character, but he could easily um, join forces with the bad Hun from Mulan, and they could be like a duo and then mulan and kung fu panda could join up and be a duo because they both the movies have very similar fiends in which it's unorthodox how they go about ways of doing things she's she's not supposed to be in the army it's dishonorable he's not supposed to be like a karate type character because he's not very in shape but they end up doing the things that they're not supposed to do they could you know join forces him and mushu and like the the uh what is it the uh the crane strike force that no that's I forget they were called something like the something something. Oh, the five. team, the team that yeah, he. Team. That, uh, I know what you're you talking know, Mushu, about. Mushu could learn karate or stuff like that. I thought it would be aesthetically this movie fits together. That's what I was thinking about though. That one, that's my second pitch for the real pitch. All right, so it opens up and you see these animated tunes playing sports. You have like basketball, racing, tennis, golf, soccer. Um, Is this a sports swimming? Pitch? Huh? I'm not done yet. Hey, dang. <laughs> and then you, you come back and you see it's one person watching all of it. It's, it's just one person. She's just, she's, she's, it looks like she's very bored. And then it, it zooms out and she, like, she gets rid of them all. Like it was on like a screen. Like she was watching it. And she goes, I grow bored of this. I wish to actually do this myself. So and then it goes to the real world. I'm talking non-animated world in which you see Tom Brady leading the Patriots to a game-winning drive at Super Bowl. 51. I'm on board. What'd you say, John? I'm on board with this. Tom Brady, that's my movie. <laughs> this is Joe, Mc- Joe McHale, Tom Brady. <laughs> I'm t- actually, this crossover was all of our other pitches put together. So Tom Brady's leading the fourth quarter comeback for the New England Patriots against the Atlantic Falcons in the overtime. They're down by the 13-yard line when he's about to throw the pass to James White. James White goes in for the touchdown, scores in the game. The New England Patriots win. But everyone's looking around for Tom Brady, and they don't find him. He's disappeared. So we cross over to one of a uh, NASCAR event. The cars are 
going really fast, 200 miles per hour, going around in circles. They're doing their thing. It's really frantic and crazy. Jimmy Johnson pulls out ahead. Jimmy Johnson, Jimmy Johnson goes to the winner's circle, does his cool flips, sprays champagne all over one, and just as he's about to take a sip, he disappears. Serena Williams is on the last stage of the Wimbledon. She's beating the butt of Maria Shapova. But as soon as she goes to go for the last ace, she disappears. Messi, the soccer team for Manchester United. I hope it's Manchester United because I don't know soccer teams. He it's goes not. to. It's not. Is it, is, it's, is it Chelsea? Or is it like, uh, I don't know what soccer team he plays for. I didn't look it up. But I know he's like super popular. Anyways. He plays for Argentina. Argentina, and, uh, okay. Something else. So, Art, so, um, so Messi goes, he's, you know, he's passing the ball along to his other teammates and such. Ball gets passed back to him. He picks this beautiful, sweeping, arcing ball that spins right into the top corner of the net. He goes to uh, celebrate, and everyone looks around. He's not there. Sean White is at the X Games blowing heads with the amount of tricks and flips and turns that he's doing on the snowboard halfpipe run. Right when he goes to win the gold medal, he disappears. And on and on it goes to like the NBA Finals 2015-2016. LeBron James against the... Uh, uh, the uh, what heck is that team? What's the team that just won? The Golden State Warriors? Yeah, Golden State Warriors. This is last year when they went. Uh, they started off three and one, and then came back and won four three. LeBron James holding up the trophy, and then suddenly he disappears. All these athletes in real life have disappeared, and no one knows what's happening. And it's happening more frequently every day. Switch to, we see this young, somewhat beefy cop. He's, he looks like a cop, but he could be a detective. He's near. He's near this colorful place, and it looks actually animated it's toontown he's the only cop the only physical cop in toontown his name his name is eddie valiant jr and he's played by jonah hill like his <laughs> oh my god like his dad he hates tunes he's not very fond of him they make his job in utter hell he tries to pull down the law for toontown but the tunes they just don't. They just don't care. There's no order for them. It's all chaos for the tunes. So Eddie thinks the disappearance of these athletes is a real serious thing, but no one else believes him. So, with the help of, of course, Roger Rabbit and Bugs Bunny, he's gonna go on the lookout for these athletes. So what I'm pitching is this a is a <laughs> is a Space Jam. Who framed Roger Rabbit crossover? <laughs> you know, Chris Hawk, this is kind of amazing. All right. So Artemis, the game master, is she's going to like, I want her to be like a, not too much of a menacing villain because this is like a, this is an animated movie. So she can't be too menacing. So I, I don't know what the stakes could be. Like she goes against, she wants to play the sports instead of watching them. She wants to be a part of it and win. Like, she doesn't like to lose. That's why she's called Game Master. So, like, I was thinking about, like, splitting her up into different personalities or, like, uh, clones of herself going against these other super athletes. And, like, if they lose, they stay in Toontown. Or if they win, they stay there. Or I haven't figured that out yet. But I know that 
it's just like in Space Jam how Michael his like at near the end he 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 fully believes in being a tune, so he's able to stretch his arm and win the game for the tune squad. And like how the at the end of Eddie Valiant at uh who framed Roger Rabbit, he gives in to being a tune, so he's able to, you know, distract the uh I forget where they uh squirrels or I forget what they were, but they were the they the were other weasels. They were weasels, that's right. Yeah. He distracted the weasels long enough so that he could free Roger and Jessica. So I they I want them to go through similar themes again. I, I mean it's kind of retreading what it was, but sometimes retreading works. So in the end, Eddie Valiant, he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna figure out that all the all the athletes are in are inside Toontown or inside Acme Looney Tunes. So he's gonna have to break them out by playing the sports with them. So it's gonna be like like a VR type c- scenarios also. So he's gonna like the first person he could find would be like Jimmy Johnson, and he helps Jimmy Johnson win. So he, Jimmy Johnson becomes part of the team, and then they go to tennis. They help out Serena Williams, and then Serena Williams joins the team. So it's like an almost like a Justice League esque of athletes that are joining him. So at the end, like if you add up a couple more super athletes, it becomes eleven, and they have to play the basketball game against the game master and his and her eleven doubles. So I think you could, it would be cool, and then like so they're like they're like uh, two men short, and then you get a cameo from Michael Jordan and Bill Murray at the end out of nowhere, like Bugs. Bugs was like, I got, I got, I know some people that could come help us, and then boom, Michael Jordan, Bill Murray. Bill Murray says, "Oh, I'll come out of retirement just for this one time," type of thing. So that's this is the type of movie that I think would work. That that is my uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit and uh, Space Jam pitch. John, do you have any questions before I say anything? Um, where are the Looney Tunes? What are they doing? I was um for they could be sporadically in the games with the other like um it could be that each athlete that got transplanted into Toontown has a sidekick Looney Tune. Like Tom Brady could have Porky Pig, that would be kind of funny. Oh Jimmy, my god. Jimmy Johnson could have um Roadrunner, uh Serena Williams could have Tweety Bird, Sean White could have um, Daffy Duck. Daffy Duck, it, and all of them. I think that would be creative for them to have their own sidekick, and then you you get some of the old characters from Toontown. I mean, it would. I think it would work. I'm on board. I I wish uh, my boy Mark McGuire uh, <laughs> hashtag Mark McGuire was relevant. Oh my gosh, I did this. I didn't say a single baseball player. My goodness. Uh, well, you didn't need to. It's Mike Trout. There you go. Yeah. Or um the guy from the Pirates or uh Mike Zimmerman or something like that. Aaron what's his name? Aaron 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 Judge? Yeah. He's he had thirty five consecutive strikeouts. I don't think he's very popular right now. Who's wait, who's but, the um, one on the on the Orioles, the left fielder that's like really good? I don't follow baseball, I couldn't tell you. Oh. You got any questions, Mario? I just wanted to say I like this idea. Uh, you gotta put in a scene where the guy's yelling about fixing dibbits. I'm fixing a dibbit! <laughs> so, that, that was my, I think that's my favorite pitch. I got one more pitch, it's very quick. Um, I made a Who Framed Roger Rabbit Osmosis Jones pitch, where Eddie Valiant Jr. comes down with a sickness in which he's turning into a tune. And as he's turning into a tune, the inside of his body is being helped by Osmosis Jones. 
So Osmosis Jones has to have, he's faced with a dilemma. He wants to cure Eddie, but at the same time, if he cures Eddie, he removes his existence from Eddie. So it's like that whole um, duty versus self-preservation type of uh, thing. So like, I don't know how the whole movie would work out, but I'm a big fan of movies that are real life and animated. So I was trying to combine as many real life animated movies as I possibly could. I, uh, I really dig that. I like I like the I, well I like the Space Jam Who Framed Roger Rabbit idea. I'll say it. Uh, you're stretching the rules, Chris Hawk, <laughs> but I appreciate that coming from you. As in tradition, those are my pitches, friend. I think I think Mario should go uh, next for a change because I'm still confused uh, as to which side I'm on. <laughs> um, I had a lot of ideas going through my head. So, okay, I'll go. But but I had a as I was saying, I had a lot of ideas going through my head. Um, I like some of the ideas I had. Well, for cartoon wise, I was thinking of actually, I won't even say it in case we do a cartoon crossover uh, episode. But some of the ones that went through my mind was was like how to train a dragon and and Kung Fu Panda or Rise of the Guardians and how to train a dragon. Um, I had an idea for uh, Coraline and Paranorman or Coraline and James and the Giant Peach. I think. Yo, I think that would like be kind of neat. Justice League of those movies because they're all stop Coraline, action. Coraline and, is so uh, good. Paranorman is like a super popular crossover. Oh, really? Like fan fiction thing, yeah. I I feel like Coraline and James and the Giant Peach would probably be better. In my opinion, I think opinion. they're all in the same universe anyway. Uh, Monsters, Monster House, and uh, you know, um, what was the other one I was thinking about? Uh, what's that one? Franco, Frank, Franco Weenie. Frankenweiner. Frankenweiner. I was thinking about that with Monster House or something. Um, I I had a I had a bunch. Uh, Monsters vs. Aliens. Uh, with Home <laughs> crossover. I had. Uh, oh, what was the other ones I had? I had a bunch, but uh, the two that I kind of want to mention that are the two that I'm going to fully support. Uh, is uh Turbo because I love Turbo. I thought Turbo was underrated. I I've Flippin' love Turbo. Um, is Turbo and Over the Hedge? I thought those two could probably be, and they're both DreamWorks, so you know they can do something. And you know, Over the mm-hmm. Hedge, I think, was about like a like a heist type of thing. And in, mm-hmm. and in Turbo, you know, he's kind of a like a snail, so you know he could be in the lawn, and then he could. He's the getaway driver. Yeah, he can interact with them or something, help them do another type of heist. Uh, so that's one I I, I uh, thought about. Rio, Rio, or Rio, and uh, Madagascar. I thought those two could work because you know Madagascar they kind of you know travel between uh, different islands and stuff or come into the states. Are the lemurs in it? <laughs> the who? The lemurs. Who, are they? Who in are it? the lemurs? Madagascar. Tell me about the penguins. No, oh, the lemurs. Oh, I know what you're talking about the uh, the guys that dance in. Uh... Yeah. Yeah, they'll be in it. Sure. <laughs> You like to move it, move it. Have you seen Rio 2? There's a big, like, celebration dance scene, so we could do, we could do that. But I really liked Rio. I thought it was a good movie. Yeah, I, th- I, I don't good. really see a lot of praise for Rio, um, but I thought Rio was, was uh, one of the better animated movies that I liked. Um, I'm, I'm a little, you know, John is our, probably the one who watches, you know, anything in all things, uh, the computer animated wise. Uh, um, for animation, 
and you know Chris Walk's probably the second most, and I'm probably the least most. But you know Rio was definitely one I I really enjoyed. And you know Madagascar, the first one was really good. I didn't see the other ones after that. There's like five of them. Well, I know they made like the the spinoffs of the for the penguins, and they might have made one for the lemurs, but like a sh- little show. Maybe I saw on Netflix, but I definitely think uh, Ryu and Madagascar could work together, and uh, so those are, those are the only two. Like I don't know how I'd bring them together. I guess you know, obviously Madagascar, the, the four would probably end up in Brazil or whatever. That's that's where uh, Rio is, right? Rio, Brazil. I think so. I believe so. Yeah. Um. So you know, maybe that, or be- maybe Rio gets shipped to Madagascar. And, you know, they can even, like, once he gets there, they can animate it like Madagascar, or they can, you know, have Madagascar animated as Ryu. I would probably see more of Ryu being animated as Madagascar. I feel like that would work more. You know, but they can do something, get into a bunch of, who knows, type of things. You know, maybe people are coming to the island to try to take the animals or something, and, but, uh... I would say those are my two, uh, those are my main two pitches is Turbo over the hedge and, uh, Ryu and Madagascar for my anime crossovers. And, but all four are DreamWorks, so they're all made by the (laughs) same people. I like Mario's theme. You seem like a, uh, DreamWorks fanboy, is this true? Um, well, Shrek is made by DreamWorks, and, you know, they kind of were like, I would say the, the big second to disney who started the whole animated well you know pixar is basically who started it but you know they were produced by disney so i kind of count them as disney but you know dreamworks is kind of like the big second i was a big fan of the first trek as a kid so i kind of have like a soft spot for dreamworks so why didn't you do how to train your shrek like i was talking about i just don't (laughs) think that would work i don't know i just don't think i didn't i mean like i said i I feel like maybe what if Shrek got delusions of grandeur? Wanted, <laughs> like, he becomes a king, Shrek yeah. III. He becomes a king, so what if he wants to do Manifest Destiny, and he comes across the dragon land, and he wants to take that land from him. So he's got Shrek and his ogre got to fight the dragon. Ogre versus dragon. No. Uh, Shrek would... Why would Shrek want to take over other lands? I feel because, like Shrek would be just like... Because he's got delusions just... of grandeur. When you become a king, you, you, get, you get nutty. I don't think Shrek would do that. I think you know they want to make one more Shrek movie. That's yeah. ridi- I can see them wanting to. I mean, it'd probably make them money. It's a prequel. He's oh got to shoot for the stars. He's got to. He's got to go into space. Shrek in space. Oh my god! They really. <laughs> they they actually want to do one. It was supposed to be five movies originally. I guess that was their plot. The last movie was going to be how he even got into the swamp, like where he came from. Oh really? So that's that's what they wanted to do, and I guess uh, they they might actually do that eventually. I don't know. That'd be interesting. Oh no, man! Eddie Murphy's like the best part for me. Oh, yeah, he is. I mean, with the first one, I, I mean, all of them kind of have it, but I love the music at the end when they all do the the karaoke type deal. They all sing the songs. That was my favorite part. In, uh, of the first over one. the hedge and and uh, turbo. You got to do the dance party at the end of your movie too. Do they do that in over the hedge? I say I never. I've I've never seen the whole over the hedge. It's good. It's uh, I think it's. It's like any regular animated movie where it's, it's mostly for kids, but there's a few adult jokes in there. So, you know, I just want to mention, if you, want, if you really want to decide for, uh, if, for three of my ideas, because I named a bunch. Yeah. Um, definitely put 
Coraline and James and the Giant Peach in with the other two. If you have to decide at the end which of mine you would pick. I'm going to say, you know, Coraline is a really good movie. I was just, I wanted to use it, mm-hmm. but I don't know what to put with it because it's very specific. And you have to go back to this, uh, you know, button sewing land if you're going to do it because that's what Coraline is. That's about the weirdness of the other world she goes to. Did you guys but ever, did you see Nine? I did. So you could, it's almost kind of like, what if that was like the apocalyptic button sewing world? I, I guess, but then it's not a crossover, really. It's just like a timeline thing. I mean, you could probably he's going do... back in time. The only reason I say James and the Giant Peach is because he kind of, like, she kind of goes into, like, this weird other, like, is it an imagination or does it really happen? It really happens. It's really a thing, yeah. Well, I just, I just feel like with James and a Giant Peach, because he's stuck in a peach, like, I, fe- I feel like them two... I mean, he, vent- he eventually gets to New York. Well, yeah, but I, I just feel like the two could do something uh, that's closer, that's cl- that can be similar, closest to similar. Does that make sense? All right, so it's, it's James and his peach in uh, the middle of Central Park, right? Mm-hmm. He's older now. The mm-hmm. peach is rotted out. It was a terrible idea to make this house <laughs> out of this peach. <laughs> no, it, and he's it, down on his luck. He lost his real estate. Oh, my God. And all his friends left him, okay? Who does he meet one day at a coffee shop? Older Coraline. She, right. She's got to be a hipster. She's got to be a hipster. Well, naturally, she went through some some stuff as a kid, and uh, she's a bit dark. She's a bit messed up. Uh, she she bottled it all up. She doesn't dark talk hipster. about it with anyone. Dark like Raven. Uh, Raven from Teen Titans. And so uh, you know they hit it off, but they both have their demons. You know. Yeah. They they went through some things as kids. I mean, and uh, what's gonna happen? They're gonna get stuck. And a button world version of a giant peach. Boom. I like it. There's the movie. I pitched it for you. (laughs) Thanks, John. And if you guys want to pick that, go ahead, John. If you want to pick your own pitch for me, thank you. And and it's the uh, instead of the button the button eyed mom, it's the button eyed spider because that's basically the mom for James. It's because she's going to be in the in the peach, the button peach. Yeah, but it's like reluctantly like, oh, we got a team with you even though you're evil and giving me uh, PTSD flashbacks of my childhood. Mm. And that button kid is there, the one that can't talk. Oh, God. You know, Nine, uh, I haven't seen Nine in a while. Did you guys like Nine? I liked it. I liked it for what it was. I'll go into my pitches, though. Yeah, John, um, it's your turn. Your turn, John. So I, I was talking to Chris Hawk. I wanted to do a Secret of Nam bitch because I really like that movie. What is it? Uh, it's a fantastic movie. The Secret of Nim. What is That's it? It's about uh, The Secret of Nim. I don't think I've ever seen that. Well, you probably should watch it. It's fantastic. Great is movie. Is it a cartoon? You don't need to watch the second one. Yes, it's a cartoon don't, don't movie. Watch, That's what this don't, is about. Don't watch the second one. <laughs> the, sec- all right. the second one is okay. Uh, it's good if you see it as a kid. Uh, if you watch the first one as an adult, you will really realize how much the second one is bad. But it's uh, about uh, these, I think they're mice or they're rats. I think they might be rats. Yeah, I think they're rats. So they, uh, they have to move because their home is sinking or something or getting destroyed or something. And there's, a, there's like mystics, mysticism and a bunch of uh, different lore with them. And it's about their journey to go find uh, an owl who's going to help them and everything. It's a really good movie. Now, this isn't my real pitch. But 
I just thought about it right now because I was talking to Chris Hawk. Why not just uh, throw five of Mouskowitz in there, you know? <laughs> five goes west. Five goes to uh, the uh, the real uh, Nim sequel that we needed. That's what it's called. Realistically, we could put every single Mouse movie together. Ratatouille, so, uh, Stuart Little. So we could we have could done cartoons. Rescuers Drowned Under. Huh? Cartoons or animated movies. Dang it. I thought we were just doing the computer animated movies. No, that was never the criteria. The criteria was it couldn't be a show. Oh, because I wanted to do Sinbad and Prince of Egypt. There you go. In the same time frame? I don't know. I mean... What about... Um, time travel? Can be now. Yeah. There were pirates they... all the time. I, think. I don't know. My, my, my uh, basic pitch is not uh, traditionally animated. It's a computer. It's Incredibles. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And Mega, Mega Mind. Ah, uh, you know what? <laughs> I had Megamind. Megamind ends with uh, Metro Man and the audience, you know, glaring with jealousy, okay? Uh, Megamind, Megamind has basically taken his city and turned it into his, and, you know, Metro Man's dead. He faked his death because he was tired of it. So, you know, he's lost all that. He's lost the admiration that he actually wanted. So what's he going to do? He's going to go to this other city where some superheroes are, and convince them that Megamind is a villain. Now, this is happening very quickly after Megamind's, like, the movie. So, the word isn't out that Megamind's actually a hero now. You know, because he was this great supervillain, and he killed one of the best heroes. The news that he's redeemed himself, and, you know, is like a hero now, has not reached everyone. The only news that the Incredibles have is that this guy is a threat and killed heroes. So, what are they going to do? They're going to be like, yeah, Metro Man, we're going to help you. Let's do this. Oh. Now, Fro- Frozone's going to make a, a cameo in there. He's going to be at dinner with his wife and get a call. <laughs> and he's you know, going to be looking for his suit in the car. And she'll be like, I threw that in the trash. You ain't a superhero no more. And that's <laughs> what we're going to get there. He ain't going. <laughs> hey, you find out why he's not in the movie. Yeah, I mean, you, you, yeah, you, get, the, you get the reason. And it's, you know, that's a good comically cameo. accurate. That's a good cameo. Uh, so the Incredibles are going to be led by Metro Man, and uh, Megamind is going to think that um, they're against him, obviously, because Metro Man is, and he knows that. And he's leading them. Um, ultimately, you know, they'll have a few bouts here and there, but the Incredibles will realize that Metro Man um, increasingly delusional because he's losing, because Megamind keeps beating him in every turn. Uh, they realize that maybe this guy's the bad guy, you know, and then they uh, go through some searching and whatnot, and, you know, switch sides, and then they have to beat this uh, Metro Man who, you know, he's got to increase his powers if he's going to be facing Megamind and the Incredibles. So at some point, I was thinking, uh, why not steal some Megamind tech and steal, like, the parents' Incredibles powers? Because then, you know, it's uh, it takes them out of it, and you get the kids, which the kids are part of what makes Incredible great, mm-hmm. uh, the Incredibles great. So I was thinking you could do that, and ultimately, you know, Megamind will win, Metro Man will be defeated, and uh, they'll go back to the respective cities and uh, respect each other because most of the superheroes in the Incredible Use universe are defeated by uh, what's his face? Uh, Syndrome. Okay. Syndrome. Yeah, he he defeats like all of them, mm-hmm. but you never see the full list that he eliminated everyone. Yeah. So I think it's not far fetched to believe that he he thought Metro Man was defeated, but he didn't even address it because these movies are going to happen like the original movies happened at similar timelines and separate areas. But that's my pitch. It's pretty good. That's pretty good. Jack Jack though. What what's Jack Jack doing? Doing Jack Jack things? How 
How how uh, is this right after the end of Incredibles one? Yeah, it's 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 right after the end of Megamind. I, I you can say the Incredibles happened uh, roughly right around the same timeline. So he's maybe he just had his birthday because they never really established when it is. So he is slightly older, and he will manifest some sort of powers. I'm not going to determine what those are because I don't know that they ever do. It's, he has like a weird hybrid. Yeah, I guess is what they kind of allude to. But he'll have his he'll have his day. Maybe he can be the one that defeats him. I think we pitched like 10 movies, guys. <laughs> so we have, I pitched a Monsters, Inc. versus Aliens, a Mulan Kung Fu Panda, a Space Jam Who Framed Roger Rabbit, a... Space, a uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Osmosis Jones, Mario pitched, Turbo and Over the Hedge, James of the Giant Peach and Coraline. That was a joint effort. <laughs> Thanks, John. Mario what, what, Mario, what else did you pitch? I also pitched Madagascar and Rio. That's right. Madagascar and Rio. And, and Prince of Egypt and anything animated that way. Basically. Yes, Prince of Prince, Egypt and, work. and Sinbad. With Ralph Fiennes reprising his role as the pharaoh and singing again. Yes. He's got to. Got to. Oh, you He's can do to. Prince of Egypt and Emperor's New Groove. <laughs> <laughs> but guys, seriously, what about... You'll get it. You'll get what it. What about this great crossover? How about Anastasia and Atlantis? Wasn't it the same people? It was like, they looked like the same people. <laughs> Two great <laughs> movies, okay? But no. Oh, what about Atlantis and Titan AE? I was I was thinking like a Titan AE movie also, but uh, really, it comes to an end at the end. There's really nothing you can add to that movie. Yeah, I like Titan AE though. Titan AE is pretty good. Matt Damon. All right, what was John's pitches? John picks the the Secret of Nim and every mouse movie known to man. Let's do a little Ratatouille. <laughs> I think you Echo just want the rat one. My- well, I call it my Mouse-coverse. Mouse-coverse. I think it could work. Mouse-coverse. And uh, Mouse is uh, joined together, and he also pitched Megamind versus and The Incredibles. Yeah, it's an and. It's not a versus. Is it V? I'd like to... Is it a V? Mega Man no, V? No, V. Mega Man V Incredibles? I could have went with the uh, overarching Disneyverse movie that everybody loves to theorize about, but... What is that? That's just too much. Where they're all connected, you could... You can pitch a movie where you realize that, like they establish that. The only three I feel like you can connect would be Little Mermaid, Tangled, and Frozen off of the whole thing that they pitched. I mean, I like that universe. You got to read some of the other theories of people connecting other movies in there. Oh boy. It's ridiculous. (laughs) So, uh, Mario, which one do you pick? Man, um, I really like the Megamind and Incredibles idea. I I don't know if Disney, Pixar, and DreamWorks would work together. I, I mean, they could. I think it'd be awesome if they did. It, it'd be really cool. I feel like Sony would be like, oh, I mean, what the heck? He'd be, we're left out. But, uh, you know, Sony doesn't really have a lot of animated movies, you know, to their credit. You know, the way they have, like, a few. What are you talking about? The Emoji Movie. Oh, that's right, the Emoji Movie. Um, by the way, I, I want to mention that you guys, I love your guys' Emoji episode. You know, even though I wasn't present, you know, and I didn't get to see that movie with John to uh, laugh at it, but <laughs> I, I, you guys' uh, 
if you, if you want to check out that episode, go check out John and Chris Hawk's episode on the Emoji Movie, um, their take of it. It's it they try to stay positive. I mean, they recognize its truth of it not being that good, but it's really a good episode. And you know them calling out people and well, they, I guess you don't really call them out. You just kind of you kind of state how ridiculous it is to expect more from it. But definitely listen to fu- that episode. In the future, that movie will be a cult classic, like The Room. All right, let me let me just give Sony some love here. Cloudy with a chance of emojis. There you go. That's the movie. <laughs> emojis are raining from the sky, and the only one that can help him fix it is the men in black the Matt emoji from the emoji movie. Okay, oh my, that's what it is. Oh my goodness. Cloudy with this chance of meatballs is actually really good. But I'm gonna pick Who Framed Roger Rabbit and the Space Jam crossover because I, you know, I love the both of those movies. Um, Space Jam, you know, is definitely one of my favorites. I used to watch that almost every day as a kid. Um, I was a big Michael Jordan fan as a kid, so I loved Space Jam. And, you know, I loved the Looney Tunes. And Who Framed Roger Rabbit, my brother used to watch that almost, you know, all the time when we were little. So I'd have to go with that one just for just for uh, personal reasons. John Kenoki. Well, I think I have to pick uh, the same movie, honestly, but... It's because with today's animation, Jessica Rabbit going to be on point, man. Let me tell you. Oh, my God. (laughs) That's all I'm going to need for a good while, you know? Don't forget Lola. Don't forget Lola Bunny. Oh, my. Lola. Oh, Lola. Oh, man. (laughs) But really, no, I mean, I'd be completely 100% on board with your movie if uh, my boy Mark McGuire have been a part of it because this was set in the 90s but can't do that so i do appreciate your pitch i do like mario's ideas of prince of egypt and anything because i love that movie uh sinbad i haven't seen that movie in so long i hadn't even remembered it was a movie until you mentioned it. which sinbad because there's like a ton of sinbads it is true uh this the animated one did they make a bunch of those because i only seen the one there's uh there's quite a few of them adventures of the seven seas or something like that Seven Seas or something like that. Well, Dream- DreamWorks did both, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pick John's Mouseverse universe because I think I still think it could work. Respect, respect. It's got to be all the mouse movies, though. It's got to be every single one. Got to be all of them. All of them, John. All of them. All of the mouse movies. It's got to be all of them. Okay. Or uh, Mario and John's uh, James and the Giant Peach Coraline. It's Cor. Coraline was, uh, remember when we went to go see Bat and Push, Mario? Yes, we Same did. Night? With uh, Sean Carlton Barnes. <laughs> <laughs> SCB. That is, that is our pitches. Actually, I want to change my pick to uh, John's James and Giant Peach Coraline pitch for me. Thank you, John. <laughs> I'm going to pick my own movie and change it as well. Let's make it. Let's, Let's make, make it happen. <laughs> Let's go for it. This, they have to be older and down on their luck, though, because they've both been through some stuff. This has been Pitch It or Fix It. John, where can you find us? All over the internet, man. <laughs> you can find us on uh, Twitter at Cinema7 underscore podcast, maybe. You can find us on the, on the Polygon tweets. We're all over there. You can... You can find us on Patreon. If you donate a uh, dollar, we'll mention your name on every podcast like I'm about to do. Thanks, Mario. Thanks, myself. Thanks, Mario's mom. Um, you can find us on 
Instagram, Facebook, Tumblr, uh, a bunch we're, of other stuff. We're on Tumblr now? Uh, it's all over the internet. I, I did make a Tumblr, yes. I occasionally reblog things, and then I put the episodes up. Just with the because you can have a billion hashtags on Tumblr, so it's fun. You know, you can get creative with it. If you're listening to the podcast on SoundCloud and you totally want to listen to us on a different platform, uh, check us out on iTunes. If you are a person with an Apple phone or Apple products, if or Apple Podcasts, the app. If you uh, have an Android, check us out on Google Play. You know, that's the best place. If you have an Android, is definitely Google Play. Uh, we're also on Stitcher. If you like using Stitcher for your podcasts. Um, totally check us out on there because you know why not get it uh, follow us on stitcher you know stitchers for it's it's basically a podcast app and then uh, cast crunch John will share on his Twitter page uh, our <laughs> our feed from cast crunch um, hey it does it automatically I just let it do what it needs to do let us know who you which pitches of this you really liked. Um, let us know if you have any ideas for any picture or fix it episodes that we could do, because that'd be awesome. And we totally give you a shout out for picking the episode that we chose to do. Um, yeah, but for real, let us know if you like John or John's pitches, if you like my pitches, if you like Chris Hawk's pitches. And uh, I'm just gonna give a shout out to our Patreon again, real quick. Like John said, um, definitely. Uh, you know, if you like us and you uh, are starting to listen to us more or you uh, like to s- help support stuff that are, you know, independent stuff, help support us. We're an independent podcast. You know, little as a dollar, one dollar a month, you can pit- help support a podcast, uh, you know, with anything. And like John said, we'll mention your name on every episode. Uh, we'll give you a shout out because you're a, Maybe a dollar once. Yeah. I'll it still mention your name every time. Yeah, John will still mention your name when at, forever. Um, what five dollars will send you a, a Cinema Seven sticker, and we got a bunch of colors coming in. So you know, if we if you want to personally let us know what color sticker you want, boom, we'll send you uh, your favorite color Cinema Seven logo sticker. And you know, ten dollars, uh, ten dollars is the one you get to come onto the and be a part of the episode and tell us your thoughts and your opinions, because that's what this podcast is all about. We're all about different opinions. Um, like I said on social media, and Chris Hawk and I had a little, uh, little, I don't know, debate or discussion about it, but I kind of want to get a word, get away from the word of us being critics, because we're basically, we're like you guys, we're fans with opinions, we're, we're fanboys, we're, we're geeks, we're nerds, we're into all, you know, all kinds of, like, anime, gaming, you know, we're gamers, we're, we love movies, we're movie buffs, and we love anything that entertains us, so our discussions are more like discussions you would have with your friends or you know with anybody you'd see at a con or anything so you know we're, we're like you and we're basically like your friends so we're trying to get we get away from that that critic word we're more you know just a couple of average guys average geeks you know talking about the things they love and talking about the things they hate uh so definitely you know be a part of us and help us out and you know contact us uh be a part of Cinema 7 on social media and, you know, whatever. Email us, do whatever. But that's all I got. So as, <laughs> so as always, from Cinema 7, we want to thank you for watching with us. We want to thank you for listening with us. We want to thank you for exploring with us.
What's up fans of the C7P? It's Mario B. I just wanted to let you know that we're going to be guesting on an episode of Fireside Comics talking about the Defenders. That's right, Chris Hawk and I will be guests on Fireside Comics talking about uh, Netflix original show The Defenders. Iron Fist, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, Daredevil, all that good stuff. And check out uh, Fireside Comics and check out that episode. And uh, make sure to check out our other pitches as well, like our Obi-Wan Kenobi movie ideas. Check out our other Pitch It or Fix It episodes. Check out our takes. Check out all the other Cinema 7 goodies and make sure to uh, provide feedback if you can. And a special thank you to all our listeners. Thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed this episode.